This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome back to the New Books in Indian Religions podcast, a podcast channel here on the New Books Network. I'm your host, Dr. Raj Balkar, and more importantly, today I have the pleasure of welcoming to the podcast Dr. Michael Stausberg, who is a professor of religion at the University of Bergen in Norway. He is the editor of a really fascinating collection of studies called Religions, Mumbai Style, Events, Media, Spaces. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your wonderful podcast that I enjoy very much listening to myself. Uh, and, and by the way, apologies to all listeners for my horrible accent and my imperfect English. Uh, please bear with me. Well, I'm sure they've long forgiven me for my impoverished Canadian accent. So <laughs> you, you, everyone has an accent relative to somewhere else. <laughs> you know, fair, I might, I might switch enough. to Indian. I'll switch to Indian English halfway through. I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, thank you, thank you for for expressing your appreciation for the podcast. You know, now I'm well aware. Uh, sort of, I can infer that it, the podcast is its own thing. It's a thing. It's a force. But really, for years, I'd be talking into a black box with a lovely interlocutor like yourself in the middle of you know research clients, what have you, and you really don't have a sense of the audience because you're speaking to one person and only one person right, and then it right. goes off and then they edit it they send it out and but i do get the random comment from you now and nowadays when i when i invite people they more than often than not say oh i listen to the podcast i know the podcast so it's it's um it's reassuring there's hope that's great how did you get interested in uh mumbai how did you how did this start this fascination with this city yeah, that's a that's a uh, that's a good question, and uh, my angle is is more through the back entrance, as it were. Uh, I, as a student in the history of religions, I uh, uh, studied Zoroastrianism, uh, and uh, I was uh, uh, learning Avestan and Pahlavi, and uh, sort of I got interested in what who are these people. Uh, practicing this religion today, uh, and where are the manuscripts of these texts kept? So um, I started to um, plan a, a journey, a trip to 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 Mumbai to actually study uh, Zoroastrianism, and uh, through Zoroastrianism, I started to get fascinated by the Parsis as a religious or ethnic religious community. And then from the Parsis, uh, uh, Mumbai opened, or Bombay as it was still called during my first visit 
uh, uh, opened its gates to my brain. Uh, and uh, that's how my fascination with uh, uh, Bombay or Mumbai started. So through uh, Parsi glasses, as it were. Yeah. And so what would you say? Um, let me ask you this way. What was the genesis of this particular book project? How did this come into being? What's the backstory for the book itself? Yeah, well, there are a couple of backstories. I guess that's always the case. Uh, and the first one was this kind of enlarging my horizon. Uh, when studying the Parsi community, people were totally telling me about this or that space or this and that event. And slowly, slowly, I uh, ventured out and uh, got uh, fascinated by this, uh, by the religious landscapes uh, surrounding the Parsi community. And then uh, eventually a kind of shift in perspective happened while I first looked at Mumbai or Bombay through Parsi glasses. Later on, uh, the city itself became more uh, foregrounded. Uh, and uh, yeah, so um, uh, I uh, started to uh, conceive a project on uh, uh, religion in uh, Mumbai around 10 years after my first visit and after I had published uh, some uh, uh, volumes about Zoroastrianism. Uh, and uh, well, then I got a I got a job here in Bergen and uh, uh, that project uh, did not materialize um, because I moved over here and had other uh, projects to pursue. And then at a conference about Judaisms in Asia, uh, where I uh, gave a talk about the Ben Israel, I ran into a colleague who was also presenting there uh, and who was one of the contributors to this volume, uh, started to uh, revive uh, this idea. So the two of us started to consider whether we could do something together. And uh, then uh, a, a new person entered the scene, my colleague Istvan Coyle here in Bergen, and uh, we were so fortunate to get a grant from the Norwegian Research Council that allowed us to, um, uh, to uh, travel to Mumbai and to recruit two PhD students, and that is how the project then uh, got uh, um, got alive, but from there onwards again, it took a couple of years for the this eventual outcome to materialize. What are some of, and certainly it goes without saying that Mumbai is a fascinating, rich, and very important global city. But you know, just to follow suit from my <laughs> purposely naive shtick, you know, what are some of the the defining distinctive features of Mumbai? What what warrants a book on the the religiosity therein? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, thank you. That's a that's a great question. Uh, and uh, 
Uh, I think uh, it's uh, it's all about contrasts and paradoxes, if you want. So uh, Mumbai is really not known as a as a city that uh, has a religion high up on the agenda. It's mainly known as uh, the business uh, capital, as the media capital, uh, as the financial capital, etc. And so, in a way. It uh, for a long time seemed like a stereotypical modern city. And uh, in modern cities, uh, religion wasn't really that uh, that important. But then suddenly, uh, uh, for example, in 92, uh, the riots happened. Uh, and when you look back into history, you find a long series of uh, interreligious clashes uh, that played out uh, uh, in the city. So that is um, is is one paradox, the kind of um, the secular religious paradox. Uh, and uh, uh, another one is um, uh, the, the paradox of the uh, of a cosmopolitan self-image that uh, Mumbai or Bombay has project, pro projected about itself for for a long time, and this history of uh, these uh, these clashes, rivalry, uh, competition, uh, uh, violence that was often defined or acted out uh, uh, along uh, uh, religious or religious communal uh, boundaries so um uh, it's it's uh, it's this uh, this uh, uh, paradoxality this um quality of uh, contradictions uh, that uh, uh, fascinates me about uh, Bombay as a city, but also in relation to uh, to religion. Why is the subtitle Events, Media, Spaces? Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, a great question. And, and this is actually uh, a result of um, uh, our methodological choices. Uh, like... Uh, uh, when you study uh, such a complex entity as uh, as as Mumbai, how do you, in in, in terms of um, of religion or its religious history or landscape, how do you approach such a such an entity? I think a traditional approach and one that is um, uh, very much practiced by. Uh, Indian scholars on the ground is to do a series of portrayals of communities. So you would have a chapter on various uh, Hindu groups of various Muslim groups of uh, minorities, like the already mentioned Parsis or Bene Israel, or the uh, the Jains, the Sikhs, uh, the the Christians, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, but instead, we decided that uh, we wanted to uh, study religions in interaction, in interaction with the city and in interaction with uh, each other. So uh, that's why uh, our uh, initial focus uh, if, uh, in, the, in the research project was actually on spaces. 
um, and uh, places. And uh, that would include things like uh, religious neighborhoods, uh, like uh, 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 religious um, uh, so-called ghettos, uh, like uh, small uh, uh, roadside shrines, as an example, for the road as a religious uh, space that would include uh, religious um, uh, 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 sanctuaries or, or uh, sacred spaces that attract people from different religious groups. Uh, but that would also include... Um, uh, for example, courts uh, 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 as places where religious identities are being negotiated, and also, in my case, uh, taxis. Uh, so we initially had this focus on spaces as an organizing methodological uh point of entry into the city, and uh, then we uh, extended this into uh, also covering events and media. Uh, and if you want me to elaborate on this a little bit, uh, then this would go roughly as follows, that uh, uh, spaces are often transformed in events, uh, like, for example, in festivities or large-scale uh, celebrations, like the iconic uh, 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 Ganpati Utsav uh, in, in Mumbai, or like the, like the Muharram, uh, where uh, celebrations and uh, um, uh, festivities uh, transform the spatial setup of the city for a certain amount of time. Uh, uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, we realized, of course, that uh, when you study a city, then uh, this is then the the self perception. Uh, in uh, in media is always already a part of that. Uh, so um, the city doesn't exist as such, but it only exists via its representations, the images that are being projected about it and about its residents, about its uh, citizens, about what happens in a city. Uh, and uh, these representations are to be found in media. Uh, so uh, these, uh, uh, this triangle of uh, spaces, events, and media uh, is, in a way, not as arbitrary uh, uh, as it might first uh, seem when you see it on the cover of the book, uh, but uh, it's kind of a... Uh, uh, a logic uh, of what you see in research on the ground. Yeah, and I think perhaps one of the most uh, iconic analogs, sort of high-profile analogs, at least in North America, would be New York City. And think of yeah, all right. the experiences that people have of the texture of New York City and its various neighborhoods through decades of, of uh, you name it, sitcoms, crime shows, you name it. And so I think exactly. people might get a clearer yeah. sense of the relationship of the way in which your experience of New York City is already crafted before you even arrive by virtue yeah. of 
all that's been curated and presented and represented uh, about it. And so, absolutely, um, yeah. So then, um, so what are some of the the subfields or disciplines or, or fields of inquiry that this volume implicates? You think? Um, are you addressing which kind of uh, scholarship is being? Yeah, I would say, for lack of a better word, you know, what disciplines? I mean, certainly religious studies, without question. Uh, there's also sort of people interested in the study of space. I mean, you, you know, what what interests or disciplines uh, does this book cater to? Do you think? Yeah, right. Um, the eventual group of contributors uh, to the volume, which is larger than those uh, immediately uh, involved or more directly involved in our project, uh, uh, covers a range of uh, of disciplines and. Uh, uh, I I would like to uh, mention the important contribution by social anthropologists um, uh, and uh, also sociologists uh, to to the book uh, and uh, uh, also legal anthropologists, for example. Um, and uh, people also having a background in uh, in social work. Uh, so uh, this is uh, one of the the nice things when you work together with a a theme or in this case a field in a very concrete sense that uh, fascinate you. Then uh, uh, then uh, these interdisciplinary um, boundaries uh, more often than not are enriching rather than uh, a delimitating factor. Yeah, indeed, it is fascinating. Um, uh, would you say that this sort of approach of taking a deep dive into a particular city and, and the multivalent nature of that city, would you say that this is relatively atypical? Is this a burgeoning field? Uh, has this been done within uh, with other Indic cities? Is this fairly novel? Uh, I think it has not been done uh, with other Indic cities. Uh, there is a beautiful uh, book uh, by Daniel Gold called Provincial Hinduism uh, on Gwalior uh, 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 as kind of a middle size uh, city, but his focus is Though there is a chapter on Sufi shrines, it's mainly about Hinduism uh, in this uh, city, which, of course, you could not do in the same way in a book uh, on, on Mumbai. Uh, but that is a monograph. And I think uh, uh, our volume is, uh, as far as I know, uh, the first that tries this kind of methodological setup on an Indic city. Excellent, because that was also my own impression, but you certainly would know. Um, you would know better having researched in this field. Um, so while you were, this journey, right? This journey of, this journey of editing uh, these papers, um, you know, it just so happens that a, a, a volume of, of my own and a co-editor, Thomas Taylor, just came out today in real time. Um, and- Congratulations. Thank you, but it's more to say, you know, I can both, um, I can share in, in perhaps a bit of the experience of having, you know, a number of really rich, brilliant, fascinating papers 
come together where you look at them individually and then you get to take a step back as the editor and and think about the whole right think about the forest versus the trees think about how they come together and and sort of themes across um so open-ended question are there particular findings uh that surprised you or that were literally remarkable were there particular areas of investigation uh that sort of really stood out to you were there particular through lines across the papers that sort of stand out to you having sort of edited them what would you say well, uh, this is a little of a of a tricky question, uh, as kind of uh, as it pertains to let's call it editorial ethics, um, uh, in the sense that uh, I think all editors have their kind of favorite chapters, uh, chapters that sort of uh, came with a. Uh, with some kind of an aha exper experience uh, that really surprised you. Uh, but uh, then uh, I would hesitate to single out single chapters because uh, I would feel I'm doing injustice to, um, to, to, to the other fine papers that there are. Uh, and then in an editorial process, you also... Um, experience that there are some chapters uh, where you work with the authors for a couple of years and uh, some chapters or texts or authors are more resistant to editorial uh, requests or interventions, maybe for the better good. Um, uh, and uh, others are uh, more of a shared product um, than what is maybe apparent from uh, from from uh, yeah the uh, the the names given on the on the title page uh, and then there are others that uh, come uh, relatively late in the game and uh, that you sort of hadn't really expected uh, so uh, it's I think always uh, a little um, a basket uh, full of um, uh, full of uh, surprises and now with the with the core group of um, of uh, colleagues that were involved in the in the project that I mentioned before, uh, there were kind of processes of uh, mutual impact and resonances that had been going on during our workshops. Um, and uh, that are kind of in retrospect, maybe a little difficult to disentangle. Uh, now, this is very much kind of on the on the surface level of um, of uh, uh, collaboration. So I'm a little hesitant to to say. Uh, all our listeners must read uh, these three chapters because because they are the the most brilliant of the lot. Uh, however, um, uh, when you uh, or when when I edited uh, this book, uh, I mean, what you see is uh, all that which is missing. Um, especially in a in a topic or a city that is so so rich, uh, and uh, so in in some cases or in many cases, it's 
basically impossible to uh, to find scholars who uh, did study this or, or did study something in Mumbai uh, that has been studied, uh, say, in uh, in Delhi or Karachi or Chennai, um, and. Uh, uh, other scholars whom you would like to see involved uh, uh, show you a cold shoulder uh, because uh, they, in the meanwhile, have passed over to other projects uh, or because they are advised uh, not to publish in edited volumes, but uh, to focus on uh, on journals only to enhance their promotion uh, or or recruitment uh, uh, prospects. Uh, so, um, uh, as an editor, then you kind of uh, are faced with a situation where you feel that there are many breaks in the puzzle that you would have liked to to add to make it more uh, complete to give a, an even richer picture but uh, well that doesn't really work and this is why i did the uh, relatively unusual step i'd say to write a very long introductory chapter, uh, which is, I think, of around 60 pages, uh, but where I tried to kind of um, weave a tapestry of the city uh, in, in a more systematic manner and also in a manner that gives more of a historical background uh to um to to the book which is very much uh, uh focusing on the present uh and um uh, so this uh, is a little uh, uh, unusual, uh, maybe, uh, but uh, uh, this is caused by my desire to uh, make the book appear less fragmentary uh, uh, as uh, is in the nature of uh, edited uh, volumes like this one. Uh, and, th and then uh, there is uh, one further um, uh, aspect, and that is the time gap. So as already mentioned, I kind of started mentally preparing for this volume around 30 years ago, and uh, then it slowly, slowly took shape. And uh, I basically submitted uh, the uh, the. Uh, the, the manuscript to the publisher uh, a couple of months after COVID had hit us. Uh, and uh, this, of course, uh, uh, is kind of a speed aging uh, for this kind of book, uh, because uh, it seemed to have written uh, or have been written or drafted, composed, uh, researched, in a prehistorical age, uh, because COVID uh, is is something like a, like a wall in the middle of the room that uh, somehow separates us from uh, things that happened uh, uh, only a couple of years ago, and uh, it's it's really for for this kind of a project also. 
uh, almost tragic that uh, uh, the the nature of the pandemic also made it virtually impossible uh, to uh, to to study it uh, uh, on the ground and to to thereby also uh, provide a further layer of uh, of reflection on uh, on on the different chapters. Yeah, COVID is sort of like the. I think of it as the flood before the flood. Exactly, <laughs> it's exactly. times. Yeah. Um, I love, I love the the texture with which you answered uh, the last question, the, the reflection. Uh, uh, thank goodness I was muted, as is my custom when I, when my guest is speaking. Otherwise, um, there would have to be a lot of editing out of my 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 laughing out loud at at so many of the <laughs> so. <laughs> so much of what you say is familiar. You've you've presented a wonderful uh, picture of the texture and the scenarios involved in this process, without, of course, naming names. And of course, I, I would never ask you to to tell me who your favorite children are, <laughs> or which ones which ones are smarter than the other ones. <laughs> Although they may already know that, but we don't say these things out loud. Um, <laughs> but um, but thank you for responding to that in a way that I think. Um, uh, offers insight into to to, to the process. Um, the, the perhaps last question I'll, I'll ask you today is uh, in terms of um, first of all, feel free to share anything else about the volume that you hope we touch on. But also, I'm curious to know whether you're still working along these lines. Is there? Uh, I mean, you have diverse and fascinating research interests. Uh, you know, um, pertaining to Mumbai and beyond. You know what? What next? What now? What? What? what what's uh, next on your on your list of things to work on? Yeah, right. Um, uh, yes, I uh, would actually like to uh, go back uh, and uh, see the city uh, in the light of the book, uh, and uh, as we've been talking about the. Uh, the amount of time it has taken for the book to be published after being submitted, which basically had to do with uh, that uh, Oxford University Press didn't find a second reviewer. So uh, we've been waiting for almost uh, two years to actually get two reports on the table. Um, But uh, yeah, this is another matter. But now, given that so much time has passed and that uh, the flood uh, had come uh, uh, in between, it would really be interested, interesting for me to, to see whether my perspective uh, on the city has changed as a result of working on this book and to what extent uh, the city has changed also as a result of uh, of the pandemic but this is not something that i have uh, on my on my uh, agenda uh, right now um uh, what uh, takes uh, much of my time my research time at present uh, is a book that how or is a project that however uh again has to do with my exposure to 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 bombay uh namely uh religious minorities so when i first came to 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 bombay as i uh told you earlier it, it was to study the parsi communities and and then i discovered all these other uh minorities in 
uh, Bombay that had been so incredibly important uh, uh, as ferments of uh, the emergence of uh, the this metropolis uh, that uh, religious minorities has kind of been into my uh, research genes uh, ever since that uh, first uh, visit. And uh, now um, we are editing, that is, I am co-editing with uh, my colleague Alexander van der Haven here in Bergen and Erika Baffelli in Manchester, a work called Religious Minorities Online, uh, which is a handbook of uh, religious minorities research uh, organized alongside uh, portrayals of communities, portrayals of countries, and systematic topics in the study of religious minorities. And that uh, is uh, available uh, open access. And uh, the first uh, uh, bunch of articles uh, uh, have come out in July. And the next uh, update with another upload of uh, six or eight uh, chapters will be out in January. And we'll envision this project to go on for another three or four years uh, and thereby providing something like uh, what we imagine to be the main reference point for the study of religious minorities, which in a way is a very kind of evident and uh, taken for granted uh, thing. I mean, we all have an idea on what a religious minority is, and we all sort of uh, see religious minorities at most places where we are, or issues surrounding religious minorities, but there is surprisingly little coherent research on this theme. Uh, and uh, this is what we are trying to um, to uh, to to build on in this uh, in this project for which I have, for example, just uh, finished uh, an entry on uh, discrimination against uh, religious minorities, but also discrimination among and within religious minorities. Uh, so this is uh, coming up in the next uh, in the next uh, uh, upload uh, and. Uh, uh, in addition to this, I am uh, working on a revised uh, edition of a book that I published uh, a while ago called Contemporary Theories of Religion uh, that came out in 2009. And now it seems time to, to do an update since uh, several new theories have come up uh, uh, since 2009, which will be discussed in this uh, volume. So uh, maybe if I come to see this age, maybe uh, in 15 years, uh, I'll do a, a religions Mumbai style revisited. <laughs> that sounds like you have no shortage of interest and projects on the go. Let's definitely have you back in the not too distant future uh, to talk about the next uh, set of uploads on on your study of minorities, etc. I think that would be fascinating for our listeners to learn more about. That would be great, um, so yes. You're certainly welcome back. We'll we'll chat briefly after we um after we close here to to set that up. Uh, but thank you for appearing today. Well thank you. 
for your uh, interesting questions. They're, you know, they're, they're uh, naive questions. I, I Sometimes I wonder if the audience thinks I'm a blithering idiot, but maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But um, for those listening, we have been speaking with uh, Professor Michael Stelsberg um, on a, a fascinating uh, collection of studies uh, uh, called Religions Mumbai Style. Until next time, keep well, keep listening, keep reading, keep thinking, and keep contemplating the textured nature of the city in which you live. Take care.